Quality Files. What's up, weirdo? Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody. Whew, we can take a breath now. Yeah. So we just left photo ops. They're still going. They're still going. And we're like, oh, everything's fine. I'm a little concerned. I, I left know. Chris I... Hemsworth to come see you guys. So you're welcome. <laughs> I know. We literally were running over here. Kitsy was on the headset like, Clayton, where are you? I was like, I'm getting ready. Like, And then we got over here. I was like, is my face still flushed? Because I'm literally. Tell him he looks ridiculous. No, I'm, I'm very hot. Very hot. <laughs> But anywho, we are Oddity Files, the, the podcast. podcast, and we are a podcast that comes out every Friday where we find creepy shit on the internet and we tell each other stories about it. Yeah, we tell spooky stories, creepy stories, conspiracy type stories, UFO stories, basically anything that you can't really explain and just makes you think. Urban legends are my new jam right yeah. now. Yeah, we've yeah. been on a recent kick of like urban legend getting paranormal into conspiracy but not too conspiracy because that's not our our uh, our mo paranormal with a true crime twist <laughs> hint right. hint wink wink my story may have a little bit of that but like kitsy said we have episodes that come out every friday on the dot not on the dot at some point every at friday some point on friday <laughs> on all the podcast apps that you love and use and if you don't yet please do and leave us a review. Yeah, but we were fortunate enough to come out to Ace Seattle, and luckily they asked us to do a podcast there. And then we actually thought we were going to be too busy to fit one in here. And just a couple weeks ago, they kind of were like, hey, we have a window on the podcast stage. We'd love to have you guys out. And we couldn't be happier. And then they scheduled photo ops during our podcast. So It's okay. We're fine. Yeah. We're here. We're, we're, <laughs> so if we like start sliding, looking that way, if you hear screaming over there, don't even tell me. I don't want to know. <laughs> so I, I do have some paranormal in the news. Okay. A couple of them, if you're Ooh. down. Um, enter password. So the first one, you actually sent me via text. Yes, very interesting. And it was also in our Facebook fan group, which is Oddity Files fan group. It's got a real cool name. Um, but cattle are mysteriously being mutilated in Oregon. Mutilated. Mutilated. The source on this one is NPR, and it was sent also by Courtney in the Facebook fan group. Five young purebred bulls mysteriously showed up dead in the Silvis Valley Ranch. I totally messed that We're up. We're going with it. This past summer, drained of blood and with body parts precisely removed. I mean, this is some, like, 70s stuff going right. on. Right, and the photos of them look like, like a prop you would see at a haunted house. No, what they look like is a cow costume where there's nothing left. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, the bulls look like a giant deflated plush toy. It smells. Weirdly, there are no signs of buzzards, coyotes, or other scavengers. Uh, the red coats are still as shiny as if they were about to go to the fair, but they're bloodless. His tongue and genitals have been surgically cut out. Ew. So these young livestock were just reaching their top value as breeding bulls. They were worth $6,000 each. Um, the Hartney County excuse me, Sheriff Deputy Dan Jenkins has been working on the cattle cases and has gotten dozens of calls from all over offering tips and suggestions on what might have happened. A lot of people are leaning towards aliens. Same. As they should. Yeah, I'm, I'm camp aliens there. And one caller has told them to look for basically a depression under the carcass because he said that alien ships will kind of beam the cow up and do whatever <laughs> they're going to do with it. Then they just drop them from a great height. Well, there you I, go. I never knew. Things you learn. It's already on a, explained. Yeah, exactly. But the FBI will not confirm or deny that it's looking into the multiple slaughters. Ooh. So if the FBI is involved, it's definitely aliens. 
So yeah, that's, that's the mutilation that's going on in Oregon. It's happened in the past, and I'm sure it won't be the last time it happens. And I'm absolutely positive we'll never get an explanation. And I want to know when farmers are going to start putting cameras of some sort, at least on part of their fields. I, you know, the game cameras. They have Game them. cameras. But I feel like way too much happens to cattle and chickens. And then they're always like, we don't know what happened. Old McDonald's mad. <laughs> um, Brightburn. Yes, exactly. So I have one more really quick story. A British woman who claims she has slept with at least 20 ghosts says she's now engaged to a poltergeist. Congratulations. Look at the good she does. The, this is from the New York Times, believe it or not, and it was sent to us in our Facebook group by Gina. In December, Amethyst Realm, that cannot be her real name, told British TV show ITV this morning that she cheated on her fiancé with a ghost and has since gone on to have supernatural affairs with at least 20 paranormal beings. <laughs> Girl's been busy. Well, now she says she's found true love oh. with an apparition. This is not the same lady who divorced her pirate husband ghost. We were, I was just talking about that. Literally just talking I think about that. that. Was, we did that story in Seattle. No, like we were talking about it today. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So, Realm says the ghost asked her to get married during a trip to celebrate their, celebrate their nine-month relationship at England's Wookiee House Caves. Wookiee House? According to the sun. There was no going down on one knee because he doesn't have knees. This is a quote. <laughs> but for the first time, I heard him speak. I could actually hear his voice, and it was beautiful, deep, sexy, and real. Stop. The 30-year-old said she might... No, she said she met her spooky match, who doesn't have a name. I mean, don't you give the guy... Anyhow. So, she'd not had a phantom fling for a while. This is her quotes again. And she was away on business, starting a new relationship was the last thing on my mind. Then one day, while I was walking through the bush in Australia, I, that wasn't dirty, I swear, enjoying nature, I felt his incredible energy. A new lover had arrived. <laughs> I'm People, not even kidding. Drugs are powerful nowadays. Yeah. Well, well and down in Australia, I'm sure they're really <laughs> good. I should have asked Hemsworth. Um, Rum says her friends and families have embraced her unusual engagement, and now she's planning her big day as a pagan ceremony. Well? You know, I'm wondering what the theme will be. Will she go with, like, the rustic vibe, or does she go, like, whatever century I want to know how much of the wedding from? he's paying for. Dude. That's what it is. He's totally getting off scot-free on this. <laughs> I know. Um... We haven't discussed details yet, but I think it's going to be quite a big do, she said. However, the couple already had sex on the plane back from Australia. This is not okay. Where they met. This is real people. I'm just saying. She is not the only one. No, actually, there are like several cases of people that claim to be married to ghosts. I don't know. I They show up at my house. I'm like, get out. I don't want you, except that one. I was going to say, don't act like she... So, what we didn't mention is that Oddity Files, we got our start because we have a TV show on Amazon Prime called Oddity Files. And we investigate <laughs> yeah, ghosts all over the world. And we were on an investigation, and we happened to come across a child ghost that Kitsy, as one does, invited to her home. On accident. You said, you should come home with me. I did not. I watched the episode. I said, she, I could, <laughs> so if you believe in it or not, I consider myself an empath. I can feel energies when we're, I can't believe I'm saying this in front of this many people. <laughs> so I feel energies. They talk to me via the equipment we have. Sometimes I hear them in my head and the boys look at me like I'm absolutely crazy. When You're I right. go, did you hear that? And they're like. No, we never hear that. We used to be like, yes. Yeah. And now we're like, no. <laughs> Not at all. Anywho, she was scared. I said, follow me, because we were going downstairs. It was this old Victorian home, stunning. And I forgot to tell her 
to not follow me home. So we are typically pretty good about when we leave sites that we sage ourselves, we tell anything that we came into contact with, you, ha- you cannot stay with us, you have to stay here, blah, 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 all that good stuff. But sometimes when you're really tired and you have Super a three-hour drive home, you're like, ugh, we can skip it this time. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, when there's no energy, you know, like bad negative spirits there, we just forget. Next thing you know, you have a house guest. For a year and a half. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's a lot of fun. We've been doing it for a long time. Actually, season three is set to come out any day now. Any day now. It's been submitted. It's in there. It's up there. It's final on our end, knock on wood. Sometimes Amazon takes a minute. Yeah, but we went to some really incredible places for season three. We went to Waverly Hills. Bobby Mackey's. We went to Bobby Mackey's. We just went to some some really great places that are more world-renowned, you yes. could say, in the whole haunting realm. Lots of allegedly demon-infested places. We did. Where we got the real story. You think those shows you watch, <gasps> you have an oddity. F- Girl, you have an file shirt on. That's so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Yay. But yeah, she's right. We went to a lot of places that claim to have demonic activity and all that. Yeah. The shows like like Ghost Adventures and Ghost Hunters, Paranormal Lockdown, the good shows that we watch and oh, nothing I, I watch every single them, one. Nothing against them at all, but they all claim to have demonic activity. Mm-hmm. And so one of the best things about Oddity Files is we go in just with a completely open mind, and sometimes we'll go to those places and nothing happens. Like, nothing. Nothing. In places where they were scratched and this, that, and another. And it just kind of opens your eyes that it's not always like that. It's not always a paranormal activity film. It's never a paranormal activity film. It's sometimes me falling asleep. and Or Carter falling asleep and me going, guys, come on. Yeah. But nonetheless, it's a lot of fun. We always tell our own stories with the same, sometimes it's the same spirit, same energy, and yeah, we just have a a ball doing it. We do. We do. It's so much fun. So if you have Amazon Prime, it's free on there. Um, The podcast is free everywhere as well. We're on, you know, all the socials, so please give us a follow. If you like what we're about to do here, let your friends know. We would greatly appreciate it. Did you see my shirt? What it says? S'mori time. Oh, Bones Coffee Company. It says it's s'mori time. It's like s'more-y a s'more, time. but story time. I and it has Bigfoot that. and a. Oh, that was the shirt you got off yes. Instagram. I know, but I also like felt obligated to buy their coffee. Oh, how was it? It's actually really good. Really? And they do not sponsor us. So, like, this is. Nobody like, sponsors us. We don't have us. any sponsors. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you know a sponsor, look us up. But I was like, I can't just wear their shirt and then not try their coffee. And our producer, DJ Jimmy, who's not here, he. Well, and Kitsy love all the coffee. All the coffee. And so I got like a sample pack of like five of their flavors. Oh, brilliant. And they're actually like really good. Oh, nice. Really, really good. So what is it called? I love it. We're Bones Coffee all... Company, if you want to sponsor somebody, I mean. Yeah, exactly. And I've, I've got my shirt that Spirit Tiffany gave yes. me. She is our personal spirit medium, and she's yeah. kind of awesome. She's Tiffany Rice. Look her up. She's like the real deal. So I wore the Cheers Witches shirt, so I had to wear my, my witch hat I spent too much money on in Salem, Massachusetts last <laughs> year, whenever year it was. But yeah. We are actually on a roll right now with live podcasts. We have, this is our third of spa, six, five. It's our third in October. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like yeah. we, We've just been going back to back to back, and it is a lot of fun. It's one of the most fun things about doing live podcasts is we get to interact with with not only new listeners, but also people who listen to the show that we know listen to the show that are always interacting with us. I see you all us. out there, by the way. <laughs> and, yeah, talking to people afterwards, that's one yes. thing that her and I always discuss is that it's not just getting up here and doing what we do every week, but it's when we actually get to talk to you guys because it seems that everyone has some sort of experience, whether it's small or big or terrifying or, like, comforting. And when we get to hear those stories, we're like, oh... We aren't that crazy. No, no. I mean, no. we are. And it, totally. <laughs> Who are we kidding? We are I know. crazy. I say that like to make myself feel better. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but the bulk of what our podcast is, is we tell each other stories. This started in my office, in my home, 
one night drinking lots of wine. Lots of wine. Lots of wine. And it's turned into this thing where we're doing it all over the country at this yeah. point and having a blast meeting people like you. So Well, actually, we had on one of our episodes, Norman Reedus. Norman Reedus was one of our guests. Yes, He's Bruce here Campbell. this weekend. Oh, yeah. Shit, I forgot. I know. Sorry. Crazy. Norman's here this weekend, guys. I'm so excited. Um, so, yeah, every now and then we, we have celebrity guests come on and tell their stories or their family members' stories. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert England told a story that happened Sven with his Gulli, mom. Sven Chicago. Everybody knows who Sven Gulli is. He was on our show recently. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun. Again, we just we love, love hearing everyone else's stories as much as we enjoy telling each other's stories. But every week we feature like a listener-supported story that we have people email in because it really is just as much fun reading other people's and getting, you know, that feedback from other people as it is. Oh, just... and some of these people have the craziest stories. Yeah, crazy. Absolutely insane. Speaking of stories. Who goes first this week? We were at the brewery. And... The episode came out today. No, that was the library episode. Oh. And... Too many live podcasts. I went first at the library, which means you went first. How about you go first? Okay. I have no idea who goes first. I don't either. I'm going to be really honest. But I think you went first at the brewery because it was really loud. I know. I'm about to call it. In Ohio. Oh, well, we've messed it up before. It's yeah, not the end of the world. totally. No, it, it, I did go first because I was screaming over That's what everybody. I thought, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a long night. So my story, I've, I've read about it a number of times, but never, it's one of those stories like you see different bits and pieces everywhere. So like over time, I finally just been like, you know what, I'm going to do it because I want to. And that's that. Have you heard of the Falcon Lake incident? The Falcon Lane incident? Lake. No. Okay, so it's basically a UFO story. Okay, bring so the it. Falcon Lake incident occurred on May 20th, 1967, when Stefan Michalak claimed that he encountered a UFO near Falcon Lake, Manitoba, Canada. He claimed to have oh, been... Oh, Falcon Lake. I thought you said lick. No. Oh. Words he, are hard. He claimed to have been burned by the craft's exhaust vent... Oh, he got really close. Which was covered in, like, a waffle-type grid. Like, a grid, you know? Okay. Yeah. So, like, imagine a giant waffle maker. (laughs) Flying in the sky. Yes. (laughs) So, Michalak was a resident of Winnipeg, Canada, but had taken a short vacation there. So, he was quite familiar with the area, having prospected there on a number of occasions. He had been told that there was a lot of courts to be found near Falcon Lake. So he was up early on May 19th, leaving his hotel around 5.30 in the morning. At about 9 a.m., he found a vein of precious material. Yeah. Okay. So around 11 a.m., he stopped for a lunch break, and he assumed resumed his digging. So shortly after noon, Mitchellack's concentration was disturbed when he noticed that all these bushes were, like, rustling. Okay. And, but he's out, like, in the middle of nowhere, so, like... Wind. You know, could have been anything. Yeah. But then it sounded like like geese, like honking. So he's like, oh, they're geese, whatever. Okay, gotcha. Just a whirlwind of gaggle of geese. Yes. So when he looked up, he spotted two cigar-shaped objects, which were red and brilliant as fire. Oh. They were descending at 45 degrees, as calculated by him. He also noticed that the closer they came, the more oval they became. Right. So, yeah, I'll get back to that. Okay. So one of the objects stopped in the air while the other landed on a big rock about 150, away, 150 feet away from him. After some moments, the object floating above Michalak changed its color to gray. Remember, it was red. Like fire. Uh-huh. And then <laughs> flew away, disappearing in the clouds. But the one land that was on the ground also changed to gray. But okay, then, hold on, just one second. Where are the geese? No, he heard geese. <laughs> it turned out to be these things. Gotcha. They, oh, never right. mind. My bad. So from the interior opening of the object, some violet lights were coming out of it. So as Michalak was using special glasses to examine the quartz... He the, just had them there with him. So he was actually a welder. 
oh. by trade. Okay. And there's actually a really funny photo of him. So also, all of our stories, because we're a podcast, like you can only describe things so well, uh, DJ Jimmy puts together these Instagram stories. So every one of our episodes has visual aids if you go to our Instagram page. Which is at Oddity Files. And there's a really funny picture of this man like in his welding goggles. Oh, I can't wait. It's hilarious. It's going to be amazing. So he said the object smelt of sulfur and had a humming noise. So half an hour passed. Okay. Still standing here just looking at this thing. Suddenly a door opened and he could see that the interior of it was extremely bright, like white. So as one does, he starts approaching it. So after 30 minutes of it doing nothing, yeah. I would have ran away about 29 minutes ago. So he heard some noises coming from inside. Believing, so he... He didn't believe in UFOs or anything. He was for sure that it was some government, like, ship, whatever. Never in his mind was he was like, this is a UFO. So, believing it was some sort of government experimental ship, Mm -hmm. he tried to make contact. So, he was like, is everything okay? There were no answers. He tried other languages because this guy's, like, very, very smart. He tried Polish and Russian as well. I think he is. (laughs) So, nervously, he walks to the opening of the door and saw a panel and some lights inside the ship. That's really it. But he did not see a person or anything like that. Suddenly, the door slams closed. And then, he, when it closed and he was closer up, he saw that there was, like, a sort of glass on the outside. Whatever. Okay. When he attempted to touch it, it melted his gloves. Yes. The heat hurting his hand, obviously, it melted his glove. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, this thing shoots up in the air, and he's thrown back by its exhaust. Okay? Okay. So his, his clothes are on fire, whatever. It goes flying off, and he's left behind on the ground. Left so, with waffle marks. Once the fire was extinguished, he was feeling sick, like really sick. Obviously, he was burnt. He had like a weird metallic odor coming from his body. Like the smell of like an electrical burn. Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So he tried to go back to his motel, but he stopped several times because he felt sick. So he was later treated at a hospital and claimed that the burns were caused by an unidentified airplane exhaust. So his family doctor Reported that he was dazed and confused. No kidding. Yeah. But rational. So the doctor also reported hair loss and a series of raised grid pattern sores on his chest and abdomen. Oh, that sounds so And they were all similar to first degree burns. So like, and there's a photo of it all over like his stomach. It looks like a giant waffle press just. Really? Yes. And there's photos of all this. The nature of the burn of the burns, the doctor really couldn't put anything to. Right. So health problems plagued him for several months after this. He lost his appetite. Um, He had swelling, several fainting spells, and uh, a a psychiatrist stated that he was free of significant or emotional illness. Like, he wasn't, he had no, like, mental Claiming that he was sane. From it. Yeah, he was saying he was sane. Um, He went on to die in 1999. So. From all this? I mean, he was 83. Oh, wow. Oh, that was loud. Sorry. But I mean, maybe. (laughs) Um, So by late 1967, the Royal Canadian Police had taken an interest in everything that had happened. They could not identify the site on their own. And on June 1st, Michalak brought them there. However, he couldn't locate it exactly, of course, which raised not. doubts, obviously. So they also confirmed that he had um, consumed multiple bottles of beer the night before. So I'm like, okay, that doesn't matter. Like, no, not at all. Right. I mean, you could be hungover. That's why you couldn't figure out what it was. Right. So by June 26th, Michalak had located the site and recovered personal belongings that he had left, left there. The police obtained soil samples from the location, which tested positive for radioactivity. Oh. Yeah. Stir in the pot. So, on June 28th, Michalak and the police officers together identified a semicircle of rock face at the scene in a 15-foot diameter where moss had been somehow, like, peeled away. Remember, the ship was sitting, like, on a rock. 
Right. There were traces of radiation in the faults of the rock across the center of the landing spot. There were no traces of radiation found on the outer perimeter of that circle or in the moss and grass below that area. Oh, wow. Radioactive material that was found in the rock was radium-226, a naturally occurring isotope in wide commercial use and also found in radioactive waste. They concluded that the level of radiation posed no danger to humans in the area, so like, okay. chill out. And the Department of Natural Defense in Canada identifies the Falcon Lake incident as unsolved. Wow. Yes, and there are photos of all of this. And they also, like, recovered bits of shrapnel that were radioactive. And, and they can't explain how that ended up there. No, because it's literally just in that area. And they, like, That's took nuts. samples everywhere else. And this, like... It's, you could compare it to Roswell for the United States. Like, if you go to Canada, that is their UFO That's story. That's like their hot spot. But it's crazy. And there's so many others, you know, there's, I could have gone into much more depth about it. Right. And what's crazy, because it was in the late 60s, there are photos of all this. There are photos of his melted glove, his shirt, and a crime scene actually did an investigation of the burns on his shirt, and they couldn't find a source. Like, it wasn't, it just wasn't normal. And these burns and the raised things, it's just all... That's crazy. Really weird. And if you talk to anyone that knew him, like, that was not like him. Oh. Like, he wasn't someone who lied or told stories or, like... Just looking for a way to his exactly, 15 minutes exactly. of fame. Wow. I know. I feel bad for him because there was that one alien story I did way back when where the guy actually started looking younger after meeting the right, aliens and scars went away from <laughs> his face. I want to meet those aliens because I will save so much money on Botox. I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just absolutely crazy because one, like they're still investigating the site just for like yeah. anything more. Now, when you do look at the guy's drawing, it's like... If you ask a third grader to draw a UFO, <laughs> it's like a disc. Like, oh, it looks yeah. like. And so, at, for, like, the very first time he told someone the story, like, the day it happened, it was these cigar-shaped flying things. And then in later iterations, they became more oval to the point that now they're, like, discs. So now they're Tic Tacs. Tic Tacs. Yeah. But yeah. That's awesome. I Interesting. love that story. I'm always down for a good alien so story. So, last week... I was, so my kick right now is stories not in the United States because I'm finding out so much, like so many other stories that did not happen here. So last week, which will air next Friday, I did the flying humanoids in Mexico, which. Such a good story. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, traveling. I I like it. You did tell me you had an Indianapolis story that you were going to do at the brewery that you didn't do. So I'm still waiting for that Because I thought you were going to do it. Oh. Right. Well, I told... Eh, anyway. We are, if you can't tell, helpless without a producer. <laughs> we really, truly are. Well, I have a story. Are you okay. ready? I am ready. So in my quest for finding true crime stories with a paranormal twist, I have for you today the story of Terracita Bassa. I first learned about this story watching the ruggedly handsome and oh-so-punny Don Wildman on Mysteries at the Museum. I kind of have a crush on Don Wildman, I'm not going to lie. And I'm so glad I held on to this one for a bit because it's perfect for this live podcast because it did actually happen in Chicagoland. Oh, that's perfect. So I've, I've been wanting to tell this story for a hot minute, and I was just, like, thinking of things to do. I was, like, the Museum of Science and Industry is ridiculously haunted. If anybody has a hookup there, I would kill. I mean literally kill to investigate that place. That is like my childhood jam. Anyway. Another um, thing, we actually, like one of our first episodes, I think it's episode three or four, we both accidentally did stories about Chicago. Remember like took place in Chicago? So (laughs) all the Chicago. All of it. So I'm here to tell you the story of Teresita Bassa and the story goes a little something like this. On February 21st, 1977, rescuers were called to an apartment fire on the 15th floor of 2740 North Pine Grove Avenue in Chicago. Upon arrival, firefighters find the body of Teresita Bassa bloodied and stabbed and lacking all signs of life. It was not a pretty sight. No. 
It was obvious that Teresita was not killed by the fire, but the fire was set to cover up her murder. She died after a series of horrible acts, stabbed through her chest with a kitchen knife, and set on fire under a pile of burning clothes and a mattress. This guy went all out. She was stripped of her clothes and posed to look as if she'd been raped, though medical officials said she had not been. Chicago homicide detectives assigned to the case Joe Stachula, Joe, if you're here, I'm sorry, I really screwed that up, had few clues about the killer after weeks of interviewing family and friends. According to the Chicago Tribune, one of the few things investigators discovered but put little stock into right away was the handwritten note from Boss's journal that said, get tickets for A.S., the initials A.S. Okay. Months go by without any leads that would bring this case any closer to being solved until August when the Evanston police reached out to the case detectives and asked them if they knew anything about an Alan Showery who worked at the same hospital as Teresita. Little did the detectives know this case was about to take a turn to the other side. That was my Don Wildman impression. He's way more sexy than I am. And in turn, this was about to become one of the strangest murder investigations in history. Apparently, Remedios, we're just going to call her Remy because I know that's wrong, Chua had been having quite a time lately. She hadn't been herself. She was singing songs she never knew the words to before, acting more distant to friends and families, and more often than not going off of her daily routine. And just when things were already weird in the life of Remy, she had her husband, Dr. Jose Chua, there at home one night enjoying a quiet evening when Remy collapsed in her living room. Just wait. As her husband would later tell police, she appeared to be almost catatonic. But her eyes were wide open and she was staring straight at the ceiling. Suddenly, Remy starts speaking, but her speaking pattern was bizarre and unlike her own, even more bizarre than she had been acting previously. Then Remy tells Dr. Chua, I'm sure she didn't call him Dr. Chua, I thought, honey or sweetie or something. She was Teresita Bassa, the woman who had been murdered months ago. The voice goes on to say there was some precious jewelry stolen from her apartment after she was murdered. A jade necklace and a pearl ring, among other items. Which Wait, did this, this person have any relation or... Nope. Okay. Nope. Sorry, carry on. No, you're good. Um, it was a jade necklace and a pearl ring, among other items, which the now-possessed Remy went on to describe in great detail. The now literally haunted Remy went on to beg her husband to help her catch her murderer. Whoa. Yes. It's kind of amazing, it's right? It's kind of like ghost. Yeah, a little bit. Dr. Chua, who at this point had to think he was living in his own personal horror movie, then asked his wife, slash Teresita, who murdered her. The bewitched Remy became panicked and said, Alan Showery. Alan Showery. The name of the accused was repeated several times. She told the doctor that Showery had come to repair her television, but ended up stabbing her and robbing her of her jewelry before setting the fire and fleeing the scene. A.S. I know. Look at the good you do. And then things quickly calmed down, and as abruptly as the possession happened, Remy came to and had no idea what had just happened to her. Textbook possession. I know, right? (laughs) Dumbfounded by the entire scene that just played out in their living room, the Chua's decided, eh, maybe it's time to call the police. Which, I mean, yeah. Especially, I mean, this woman had no other possession-type traits before this. (laughs) She Uh, had never showed any signs of possession prior. No, no. Upon telling the story to Detective Stachula, yeah, Stachula, who was a non-believer in the paranormal and possession, He was actually quite intrigued because of the handwritten journal note that was found at the scene, get tickets for A.S. The doctor told police he didn't know Bassa and was not aware of her murder until the possession. So he didn't even know what happened. 
It was the 70s, so it was probably on the news, but maybe Dr. Chua was a little busy to be sitting around watching the news. The detective also, to- also spoke to Teresita's family, and the jewelry described during the possession was actually missing from the scene. Since the accused name was Alan Showery, he thought he would play devil's advocate, so to speak, and at least look into the guy. I mean, Sure, why not? Why not? Maybe I am a believer. Who knows? The detective is still extremely skeptical, but with no other leads, so what else does he have to lose? Showery denies being a part of the murder and uses his girlfriend as an alibi, as a murderer would do. Right. Investigators went to Showery's apartment where he first denied killing Bassa, spoke to his girlfriend, and noticed two items of Teresita's jewelry. The pearl ring and the jade pendant were found among Showery's girlfriend's possessions. The girlfriend told police Showery had given the jewelry to her as a late Christmas gift, and the pieces were confirmed to have belonged to Bassa by friends and members of her family. What? This is good. This is really good. The police then confront Showery with all the information. Police said Showery changed his story. He's like, well, I guess you got me. Right. So, yeah. Showery knew Bassa from work. Okay. They worked at a hospital. I can't remember what hospital it was. It's closed now. Anyway. Um, And knowing Showery was in a tough financial spot, Teresita had tipped him generously for helping her with errands and other tasks, according to reports. No good deed goes unpunished. It's true. It's my motto. He admitted going to visit Bassa the night of her death, rendering her unconscious, staging a sexual assault, and stealing what little he could find before igniting the fire. Police booked him right then and there. The trial was dubbed Voice from the Grave by media. And as you can imagine, the public ate it up and asked for seconds. The prosecution presented 13 witnesses over four days to a jury of eight men and four women, though interestingly, the Chua's testified as witnesses for the defense. Really? So I'm figuring the defense is like, there's no way this will hold up in court. Let's call them in. And I don't know. There's a made-for-TV movie I didn't watch, and I'm really regretting it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Evidence gathered as a result of the mysterious voices information pointed to Showery's guilt, the state argued. Did that make any sense to you? Because it didn't to me rating it. Should I try again? Evidence gathered as a result of the mysterious voices information pointed to Showery's guilt, Uh, the state argued. That made more sense. However, by the fifth day of the trial, Showery said he'd only confessed to the crime two years earlier after police had fed him information and threatened to arrest him and his pregnant girlfriend on murder charges. This guy. Ugh. Anyway, he went on to say that he had dinner with his girlfriend on the night of the murder before drinking and playing darts with a neighbor around 7.30 p.m. Showery's trial ended on January 26, 1979 in a mistrial with a deadlocked jury. They should have used a Ouija board. I was about to say, we were just talking about cases in which they've used like a Ouija board in actual trials. It, like the jurors did. It was hilarious. They, that ended in a mistrial too, because they're like, yeah. well, you know, you can't talk to the dead people and find out. You got to, anyway. Yeah. A month later, nearly two years after Bassa's murder, Shari pled guilty to the murder while awaiting a new trial following the advice of his lawyers who urged him not to take the gamble with another jury. He was sentenced to a total of 14 years for the murder, robbery, and arson. I, you know, if you kill somebody, I think you should at least get life. At least. I mean, you take somebody's life, At you least. get life. I don't Especially like that. Anybody kills anybody. I they, know. Uh, anyway. Um, he was paroled, yeah, from Statesville Correctional Center near Joliet in 1983. This freaking guy. The Chua's, Chua's later told their story in a book called A Voice from the Grave, written by friend Carol Mercado, and in 1980 said they believed their mission was now accomplished, which was turned into then a made-for-TV movie in 1996 called 
voice from the grave, crimes of passion. The couple states, this is the only time Remy has ever shown signs of possession. The story has since appeared on countless television roundups of unsolved and paranormal crimes. And in 1996 was made into, I just said that. Anyway, not to mention Mysteries at the Museum, hosted by the man with the puns, the fellow with the golden pipes, and the man we've all come to know and love as Don Wildman. That was good and also insane. And the first insane. thing I thought of was, why is this not like some sort of movie? Yeah, yeah. Well, but, yeah. I started to watch it. Oh. And it's like... Was it rough? 1993, like jazzy blues bar and this chick's just singing the song I've never heard before and these really like artsy shots of some weirdo sitting at the... I'm Ugh. like, I'm done. So I did find out later that... So all three of the, the big parties of the story did all work at the same hospital, but they didn't know each other except for Showery and Teresita, the Chua lady, did not know any of them. What's so crazy is that, like, so he, you said he pleaded guilty, like... Like twice. Which is, so, I mean, essentially, the demon lady was right. Yeah. She was absolutely right. Well, he said he took the plea at his lawyer's suggestion right. so he could get the 14 years as opposed to the real life sentence or something. he should have gotten. Yeah. That's crazy. But ghosts coming back to solve their own murders? Listen. I, I'm here for it. Hell has no time. fury. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So that's what we do. That was really good. We tell stories. And at the end of the shows, we normally read a listener story that's been emailed to us. Or yes. we have one of our celebrity friends tell their stories. Yeah. But at live podcasts, we like to have all y'all tell us a story. But there's a couple rules. It has to be something that's happened to you or someone you know. You can't read it off a Wikipedia page right. on your phone. This is a brand new rule. As of last weekend. <laughs> so, uh, does anybody have a personal paranormal story they want to tell? I. Oh. Yeah? Get up here. This is our friend Lisa, in case Hello. anybody's wondering. I'm She's sure. from Canada. I'm sure. Oh. Hold on. There we go. <laughs> Wait, had you heard of the Falcon Lake incident? No. Shit. I'm, I'm nowhere by there. Oh, okay. And there's probably good reason why I'm not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So the story I do have, since we were talking about Ouija boards, yes. I figured I would tell the one that I had. So I stay away from those things with good reason. Same. Good reason. I like them. Oh. Yeah. But when I was in um, elementary school, my friend brought one home on Halloween, of course, because that's a fabulous idea. Why not? So she's like, come on, let's, let's just play it. I'm like, fine, I'm going to do what every horror movie told me not to do, but okay, <laughs> let's go for it. So we're trying to contact anybody, somebody. We did the whole, like, take our hands slowly off the, like, the pen, um, planchette. planchette. All of a sudden, you know those suction cup things that you stick on your mirrors? Yeah. Well, she had one, and it had a whole bunch of necklaces hanging down, and it was, like, Halfway across the room. Mm -hmm. So we did the slow move our hands off. This thing went flying across the room. No. Like, not even, like, fell onto the dresser. It, like, made some pretty good distance. What? So the planchette or the sucky cup? No, the suction cup. Oh. Like, flying across. Sweet. So she took off down the stairs, and I jumped on the bed, like, ready to fight a demon ghost. Yes. <laughs> As one would. As one would. That's so why we're friends. I'm like, okay, well, you crazy woman, you left me. <laughs> so finally I came back downstairs. I had the board and I said, okay, we're burning it now. <laughs> so anyway, the case of the suction cup shreddy. I, I love that. Did That's you have perfect. any contact with spirits at all? Nothing moved. It's okay. just that happened. But I, I did tell you the story of the spirits that I have con come in contact with. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, but that was one of them. I that love since, that. Since That's we were talking awesome. the Ouija board, so. Yes. One, I, of, um, one of our good friends was in your basement, actually, remember? And there was something yes. that flew across the floor. It was like a little... 
like a box, box of filled nails? with like screws and nails. Yes. You know, it looks like a little mini fishing tackle right. thingy. They yeah. like shiny things, apparently. Apparently so. But he was down there like vacuuming, right? Yes. And all of a sudden, like he had just vacuumed, turns around, this box was like on a chair. And then it was like in the middle of the floor. Yeah. Where he had just vacuumed. Yeah. And it like it weirded him out. Well, remember I said that he had that ghost I brought home. That was before we got rid of her. I know. Yeah. There were some things happening around their house that keep in mind, like we go to famously haunted places and sit in the dark and talk to ourselves throughout the night. And there were some things that were happening at your house that made us all a little uneasy. Yeah. I don't think so her name was Anna. I don't think it was Anna causing anything. My my thought was if I let one ghost in I mean, all the other ghosts can be like, well, why can't I come and stay for right. a minute, too? <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, I recently came to the realization that yeah. my house was actually haunted. I was doing yoga in, in my living room, and I was in Savasana. Those who don't know, it's called corpse pose. You're pretty much just there, laying there, doing nothing. And I heard my husband walk across the floor in my bedroom, and I started thinking about it. I'm like, I used to hear this all the time yeah, when I know. nobody was in my bedroom I and I don't anymore. So we left her in Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah, we were like... <laughs> we were like, Anna. Welcome to your new home. <laughs> yeah, it's a deleted scene for that episode. So we're, I'm going to put the deleted scene oh, cool. up in the Facebook fan group. Fan group, so yeah, yeah. I, uh, we've got a minute. So yeah. I said in uh, the Ouija board podcast that we did recently that I had a Ouija board story that I would say for oh, another right. time. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, too... In high school, um, Kelly knows exactly where I'm talking about. It was on the back deck. Friends spent the night, got the Ouija board out, started asking all the questions. It told me I was going to have six kids. It wasn't far off, but it was pretty far off. And, you know, we're asking normal high school girl questions like, who am I going to marry and how many kids am I going to have? And, oh, my God, does Bobby like me? And, um... And everything was going fine, and it was great. I can't remember the name of the spirit that we were talking to. I should find her on Facebook and see if she remembers. The spirit? The spirit, yeah. Oh, Michelle was, was her name. And, and it was great. It was fine. And so the house I grew up in, and Kelly grew up in, um, it was haunted. I pretended like it wasn't for the entire time we lived there. Things would go missing all the time, and my mom would joke and say, oh, don't worry about it, it'll be back tomorrow, the ghost will bring it back tomorrow. And it would, and I was like, oh, that's hilarious. And it was actually the people who owned it before us ran funeral homes. So you don't know what they brought back with them. Yeah, (laughs) unintentionally, intentionally, whatever. And our back patio was made out of headstone covers. Because they didn't want to make a real deck. As serious as a heart attack. I am not lying. And there was a goat buried in her backyard named Princess. A goat? A goat. Great. Because they needed goat's milk or to mow the lawn. I'm not sure. Either way. It's been a long freaking time. Anywho. So, we do the Ouija board. It's great. Didn't want to tell my mom. Because I thought she'd freak out. Come to find out my mom's in all this stuff too. She had been totally fine. Um, but we went to bed. I wake up at the crack of dawn to the sound of get out in my high school bedroom. I am not even kidding right now. Scared the crap out of me. I'm not going to lie. I said, Michelle, get up. We got to get this thing out of here. So we tried to burn it. Wouldn't burn. We uh, tried breaking it in half, stuff like that. I'm like, I don't think that's going to kill. I didn't know how to close a Ouija board back then. I do now. So if you need some help with that, I'll let you know. But um, so we take it three blocks over in her little like hatchback piece of 80s crap. And we think running over the planchette is going to kill whatever demon that we have released in my high school bedroom. And it took running over the planchette like four times before it even cracked. <laughs> Anyhow, we just put it out for the garbage man. Everything was fine. So I buy this house from my parents when um, I'm older. I don't know why I did that. Anyway, um, and my son is six months old. 
I'm still sleeping in what was my childhood bedroom. It's turned into the master bedroom, blah, 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 blah. It's the 90s, so it's the baby monitors without the screens. Ugh. It's just, you know. All the baby lo- monitors yeah. are just <clears throat> asking and, for it. Yeah. I and my them. Yeah. My son was a crier. He had colic, and he was just a crier. He would projectile vomit across the living room. Anyway, he's still kind of a pain in the ass. Anyway, but I hear on the baby monitor, was it maybe four or five years later, the exact same voice as he's crying in the next bedroom go, shut up. I ran, grabbed baby Zachy, brought him into my room, and the rest... I never heard from the ghost again, thank God. So and now weird. I hunt ghosts. Right. <laughs> it is so crazy, though. But I've always said that baby monitors are just creepy. So creepy. They're so creepy. But in the 90s, the baby monitors, you had the cordless phones, and I kind of told myself, oh, you know, maybe somebody was crossed with their cordless phone. It was still 3 a.m. And this neighborhood was True. pretty vanilla. Everybody was asleep. So I don't know. That's my story. So crazy. I don't mess with Ouija boards. As Kitsy knows this, I just don't. I feel like we have enough tools to communicate with whatever it may be, so I can survive without using that one. Yeah, we do actually have this thing called a spirit box that's hooked up to our wonder box where we've had full-on conversations with ghosts. It is incredible, and you can see it on some of the episodes. There for a while, we actually... So a lot of people think that spirits and stuff can only become attached to humans, but, I mean, they can attach themselves to just about anything. Oh, yeah. Clayton and knows firsthand. Our spirit box, we actually had a spirit attached to the spirit box for, like, two years. Yeah. Every it was a really long time. Every location we were at, the same voice would say, Clayton, over Clayton. and over again. Yeah. And what's crazy, so just how the spirit box works is it rapidly scans radio frequencies. And so every now and then you'll get the blips of the frequencies that it'll catch. And it said that the spirits can use those frequencies to manipulate, manipulate words and word. stuff. Yeah. So it would be impossible to get the same voice when we were investigating in Australia as opposed right. to like Utah. Correct. But regardless of where we were, it always came up and it was like the same the same voice, the same like inner like volume. It yeah. just Clayton. Yeah. He liked you. It did. And then there's one episode where I finally was, I like hit my breaking point and kind of had like, I more or less evicted him. Yeah, that was the same location where I picked up the spirit. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> she saw an opening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they've got a spot open on the team. <laughs> Yay. Great. That means we're due. Yeah. So that's what we do. We like ghosts and creepy stories yeah. and urban legends and things like that. Big feet. So if you don't know, we're Oddity Files. Put it in your phone. Check us out. Um, yeah. And I'm sure we'll see all of you over and over this weekend if you have photo ops. Yes. If you purchase any photo ops, I'm sure you'll see one or all of us. And uh, thanks for bearing with us at the beginning. Literally, when I say we were running over here, we were like yeah. running over here. I'm that chick who goes... So just in case you were wondering. <laughs> but we thank you for being here. Yeah, you, guys thank you guys so are much for hanging amazing. Out. Seeing all these familiar faces is so exciting. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so um, I do have stuff. If you, if you can't remember the name of our podcast, come up and see me. I've got little four by six cards. has all our information on it. But thank you guys for being here. We appreciate you so much. Have a good weekend, guys. Where does the new cool... <laughs>